Hello, I'm Noah Hardwick, and you're listening to part two of my interview with Chris Cooner on the I Know a Guy podcast. If you haven't heard part one yet, I suggest you go back and listen to it so you can hear what Chris had to say about being a DJ on Broken FM. Now, on with part two of the interview. You have a podcast called the Rock in a Hard Place podcast that, um, well, I guess I'll let you tell everybody about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's a podcast that was born out of just a love for this music. And uh, Paul Gibson and I became friends. He <laughs> It's a funny story how Paul and I actually got together. He heard about Broken FM somehow and sent us a, uh, a copy on CD of his show, The Christian Rock 20. And he was trying to shop it around to radio stations who could actually pay him mm-hmm. to play it. Uh, so he, he sent it to our owner, our owner turned it over to Tim and I, and we sat and listened to it and I was blown away at the production quality. I mean, it was, it was, it's really well produced, uh, still is, still is. Yes. Um, and so I reached out to Paul and just said, you know, Hey, this is the story. We are a not-for-profit radio station. We are volunteers that are working here. We don't get paid um, what do you need in order to be able to continue doing this? And I want to say he was asking like 40 bucks an episode and we were able to offer him like 10, <laughs> uh, and he took it. And so we started airing the Christian rock 20 and we literally were the first station and I heard later on the only station to ever actually <laughs> for airing his show. So he tried to get it on a few other stations. And, you know, when you're in the Christian music business, there is not a lot of funds floating around. I mean, K-Love and Air One do very, very well, but they also have a massive staff that they have to pay for. Right. So there's a lot that goes on. Broken FM is Tim... Dustin, who does all of our hardcore from 10 to midnight and me, that's our staff and we're volunteer and have been (laughs) since day one. So the money that we get goes to pay our bills such as electricity and internet and tower rents and music licensing and all of that kind of stuff in order for us to do what we do. So, Paul and I began this email back and forth. And of course, he would always email me the show so that I could put it into the rotation. We developed a rapport, spent a lot of time, you know, emailing back and forth or talking on the phone and just developed a friendship. It was long distance. Paul lived up in Oregon. You know, I live in California. I had this crazy idea one day that I wanted to do a Christian rock podcast. Didn't really know exactly what it would look like, but I just thought it'd be a lot of fun. And Paul and I, you know, we we both been in the biz a little while by that point. So we had a lot of knowledge and we had some contacts with people that we could potentially do stuff with. So he and I kept talking about it, talking about it. We literally must have talked about this thing for a year before we actually launched the first episode. Um, and he's the one who actually came up with the name, the Rock in a Hard Place podcast, because we were you know, throwing stuff back and forth, couldn't find anything that really fit. And he sends me a text. He's like, what about rock in a hard place? Hey, I kind of like that. And there you have it. So no glamorous story, but that's how the name came about. I'm just and impressed that it wasn't already taken. <laughs> it, 
Yeah, I I don't know. The the only aspect of that that was taken is that somebody owns that on Twitter and they haven't posted anything in like five years, but we can't get Twitter to give it to us. <laughs> so, Have you tried contacting that that user? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, we've tried. There's there's no response at all. Mm. For all I know, it could be an email address they had, you know, five years ago. Exactly. And, and, yeah. You know, it's just sitting out there in the ether somewhere. Um, so that was the that was the idea of us just getting together and kind of sharing music with uh, with anybody who chose to listen and then, um, you know, commenting on it. It started out he and I would just get together over Skype and record our stuff. Uh, together with each other and then as things as it seemed like we were developing listeners um we decided we wanted to make it a little more interactive so we did Ustream for a little while and then we tried twitch for a little while but that was before twitch would allow non-gaming content so we knew mm. at some point they were going to kick us off so i think we went back to Ustream for a little while and then uh, Ustream would play ads in the middle. Like you guys would be watching mm -hmm. and all of a sudden this ad would pop up and you'd miss this huge section because the, the ads could sometimes be like four minutes long. And I'm like, you're watching a show that's live. Why are you playing a four minute ad? So when Facebook Live came out and Paul and I realized that that was going to be uh, a better option, that's when we decided to just move over to Facebook. And that's that's only been within the last year, I think that Facebook live really became a platform yeah. that we could utilize for the live stuff. And I, I quite like it. I think it works very well for what we do. So how long have you been doing the, the rock and hard place podcast now? Three or four years. Oh, yes. Yeah, so you've been around for quite a while. You're a podcast veteran at this point. Yes. Yes. We have, I think the last episode we did was either 165 or 166, and that seems like a low count for uh, the number of years we've been around. But like I say, you know, if Paul's got something that pops up, that takes priority. The podcast doesn't net us any money yeah. uh, per se. We have a couple of Patreon supporters that give a little bit, and we have a sponsorship deal with Tweaked Audio, and you know, people buy headphones, we get a little bit of money that way. But uh, for the most part, it's pretty much. We try to keep the costs as low as possible. And so if Paul's got work and he's going to go make some money, then that's great. If mm -hmm. family's not feeling well and you need to go deal with that, then we go deal with that. The show, while we both love it and, you know, we want to continue to do it for as long as we can, it is not the priority. And that sounds terrible when you're talking about something that you know that listeners want to be able to hear, but if it doesn't pay the bills, you can't put that in the, in the front seat, you know? Yes. And now that I've started a podcast, I'm, I'm starting to realize <laughs> how much work it can actually be to maintain one. So I, yeah. I sympathize. Very much so. It's uh it's a bit crazy how that, uh, how, how much time that it can take up. So uh, one of my favorite segments that y'all do on the rock and a hard place podcast is called the sound blender, where you take a song and you, basically just chop the whole thing up, reverse it, put some, uh, what do you call it? Uh, curve. We reverse it and we pitch bend pitch it. it. Yes. Yes. How did that come about? Paul apparently, uh, Paul used to be a DJ in Dallas. He worked for, I want to say it was Power FM in Dallas at one point. And this was something that he did and he would play it 
Um, he didn't pitch bend it, but he would just reverse a segment and play it during his show and try to get people to call in to guess what the song was. And then they'd win something out of the, the swag pile, you know, mm-hmm. a CD mm-hmm. or T-shirt or, you know, bumper sticker, whatever the case may be. Um, so we'd had some other segments in the past to where he'd try to get me to guess something or whatever. And he decided that this blender thing would be a good idea. So we started out just doing the reverse, but I was getting them right too many times. <laughs> so, so he decided that he needed to make it even more evil by adding a pitch bend to it. And sometimes he'll pitch it up and sometimes he'll pitch it down and he won't tell me which direction he's pitched it. So I just have to try and figure mm-hmm. out, see, you know, see what I can see. Uh, you Don't do a pretty good job, so... Uh. I don't understand how my brain works like that. I mean, I, I... It's not a bragging thing. I don't get it. I just hear it, and most of the time, my brain can sort it out. Hmm. So, um, let's move on to our, our next topic, which is, uh, how do you discover new music? I discover new music through friends a lot of times. Um, I will hear something new that Tim has put into the rotation for Broken, and I will latch on to that. Or sometimes it's a matter of hearing something new in our submission form uh, that doesn't necessarily fit with the station, but I kind of like it, so I may gravitate towards it from that. Um but a lot of it is just through sources. I don't do streaming music. Mm-hmm. Like I don't pay for Apple Music or Spotify or Pandora. Um, I've never understood those services myself. Uh, just it, it's just not something that's ever appealed to me. I'd rather have it, um, whether it be a digital file that's on a hard drive that I can stream over my phone mm-hmm. or you know an actual CD or something along those lines. I I prefer to to know where it's at when I'm playing it rather than just having it out there in the ether somewhere. I, I can kind of understand that. I, I used to feel that way a, a lot more than I do now. You millennials. I tell Yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a change of mindset. <laughs> and, and it's not that there's a right or a wrong way to enjoy the music. And that's the thing, you know, some people are like, Oh, I can't believe you're so old school. You do it that way. That's just dumb. I don't care how you, Listen to your music. If it hits you where you need to be hit and you enjoy it, man, do what you want. I, it, it doesn't matter to me how you get your music, just as long as you're at least paying for it. Exactly. That's yeah. I think as long as you're yeah getting acquiring it legally or you know, right. if, it could be free if it's coming from Noise Trade or whatever. But as long as it's legal. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. So if you wanted to to listen to an album, then like from front to back, how would you? you do that would you put a cd in or play it on your phone with some headphones or so i have a couple of different ways that i will typically listen um normally with a lot of the albums that we get through the radio station um labels just literally send us full albums they're normally digital downloads Mm -hmm. so i will usually get wave files or mp3 files um and i will then 
For me personally, I use iTunes. I, I run in the Apple ecosystem. So I use iTunes and I pay for, um, it used to be called iTunes Match. I don't know if yeah. it still is or not. I'm not but sure either. That's the service where you put it into your iTunes and it loads it up to the cloud and then you can stream it to all of your devices. Um, and so that way I know where all my music is at any given time. So I will I will sometimes throw it up there and take a listen to it either on my phone in my car with my stereo. Um, so I have Bluetooth in my stereo, so I'll listen to it via that. Um, or I will plug in my headphones and listen to it through my phone that way. If it's an album where I really like it's something that I'm really anticipating and I really want to hear what all is going on. Um, and I know this is going to make some people laugh, but I will actually make the effort to burn it to a mini disc, a mini disc. Yes. So mini disc is this really old format that they just recently stopped making and I'm holding one up in the camera for Noah to see. Hopefully he can see it. But I know you guys at home, you'll have to look it up uh -huh. uh, if you're listening. So it's actually like a little compact disc inside of this plastic shield. Huh. Okay. And this disc here holds 74 minutes worth. They also make 80-minute ones and, and all of that good stuff. Um, so it's completely digital. You can do it in a lossless format if you have a new enough uh, player. Um but uh, the compression rate is actually the latest version of the compression rate is actually better than MP3. It's almost as good as a full on wave as far as having as much of the sound there as is possible. Was it um, using uh, FLAC? It, it uses a track actually is the uh, is the term. A -T -A -C. Okay. Yeah. I know which one you're talking so you about. Google that and see what all that's about. Um, so that's when I just want to be able to, to throw my headphones on and, and lock the world away. Now I was fortunate enough to have ultimate ears actually sponsor broken FM for a year. And because of that, they gave me a free pair of dual driver custom in ear headphones. So I literally put those in and I can hear nothing of the outside world. If I close my eyes my wife can come and stand right next to me and like lean down into my face and I will not know she's there unless she touches me to get my attention. Yeah. I've seen those, uh, the ones that you're talking about and they're, they're nice as an audiophile. They're the kind of thing that, you know, you, you just dream about having. <laughs> and I did for a long time. The ones they sent me were 600. I think the retail price was 600 mm -hmm. bucks. Had I paid for them, that's what I would have. But like I say, I was very fortunate. They gave us two pairs. Dustin took one pair. I took the other pair. Went down, had the ear molds made, and then had to wait excruciatingly uh, two weeks <laughs> for those things to show up in the mail. But I love them. They sound fantastic. So if I really want to hear everything that I possibly can, that's how I do it. Nice. I used to have a pair of their... Uh three driver universal ones that were like the equivalent to like their entry level customs without being custom. And they were mm -hmm. probably the best in-ears I've ever heard. Yeah. And those weren't cheap either, but they're good quality headphones. Mm -hmm. uh, if you, you know, if you can handle the, it's kind of like a one size fits all uh, mentality with those. And some people like that. Some people don't. Headphones are so subjective overall. That's the thing. I don't think a lot of people understand 
how you hear something out of a pair of headphones is going to be completely different how I hear something out of a pair of headphones. People will buy Beats, the big cans, yeah. and will say they are the most amazing sounding headphone at all. I'll listen to the same track, and all I hear is mud yeah. and bass. It changes a lot depending upon, you know, just, I mean, not just how you your, your ears, because you're going to hear differently, but also, I mean, the kind of music you're listening to, yeah. uh, the, the different... Um, I guess just quality of the music you're listening to. There's just a lot of different variables beyond just the headphones themselves. Ultimately, I think it's about what you expect from the music that you're listening to. You know, I have things that I look for when I'm listening to a new love and death or something along those Mm -hmm. lines, you know, Brian's guitar has a specific sound and I want to be, you know, I've seen him live. I know what it sounds like live. I want to make sure that the headphones that I have are going to capture that and recreate that to the best of the ability so that I get as much of the experience as possible. Some people, when they're listening to hip hop, all they care about is that thud from the subwoofer. That's all they want. The rest of it doesn't matter. Well, then beats are going to be way overpriced, but fantastic (laughs) if that's what you're looking for. You know, but again, that's my opinion on headphones. If you love beats, go love your beats. I don't care. Yeah, if you enjoy it, I'm not going to try and stop you from enjoying it. Exactly. You know, I mean, if it were something that was like detrimental to your health or I knew that you were being um, swindled out of your money, I would care. But it's your money. And if that's how you want to spend it, then by all means, go right ahead. Enjoy it. So can you tell me what you've been listening to lately? Uh, Any songs or albums that have really caught your attention? So the last... Two weeks, there have been a lot of good music that's come out. Um, I have been grooving on the new As We Ascend, uh, Farewell to Midnight. Fantastic album. That first song punches you in the face, and they do not let up for the entire album. Uh, so be prepared. If you if you check out that album on Spotify or something like that, man, it's, it's going to knock your socks off. It's really, really good. Um, also got a copy of the new Random Hero that's called um, The Covering. That's a really good album. And Random Hero, they have – this is the hardest album that they have put out to date. And I think that they're going to continue along this particular style. So um, something to look forward to from them. And then, of course, I got the new Righteous Vendetta, and that thing is also – Phenomenal. So if you're into hard rock, some might have a little screaming in it. So hopefully that's okay. But um, if you're into hard rock at all, those three bands are fantastic. I have a link to listen to the new Demon Hunter, but it's streaming only. And I haven't had time to sit in front of my computer in order to do it. So I have no idea what it sounds like. Uh, Tim was listening to it the other day. He said it's fantastic. So I can't wait to have... Uh, time to just sit down and kind of absorb that demon hunter. That's one of those that I would love to just, you know, my best headphones mm-hmm. in my best player and, you know, listen to that whole thing. Well, that was going to be my next question for you. I was going to say, is there any albums on the horizon that you're, you're looking forward to coming out? So love and death is supposed to be in the process of, of working on a new album. They're trying to get uh, JR from Islander and Brian head Welch, of course, is with corn right now. They're trying to get time where they can all get together in the studio to actually put something actually on to uh, digital. 
they their schedules just have not allowed that. So at some point this year, they are hoping to release a new Love and Death album. That I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, Viridia is another band that I like a lot, and they told us when they were in town uh, last year that they're working on a new album, but they have no idea when it will be out. They're hoping the first half, but again, based on their tour schedule, trying to get time in the studio uh, to do a lot of that work has been very difficult for them, and they actually lost a band member, so they've got to bring somebody in and get them up to speed on everything that's going on there. So those are two albums that I am really looking forward to. Um, Somebody that you might be interested in, uh, do you know the band I Anthem? Yes. uh, Their song, uh, what is it? Uh, I know I heard it came out like last April, I think. Uh, Roses. Roses, yes. Yeah, I like that song. Okay, so Tyler Edwards is the lead singer. Mm-hmm. He is living up in Oregon right now, or or Washington, mm-hmm. Washington, and he's kind of going through some self-experimental things. Um, but he put an album out. He actually just got done with the Kickstarter. And actually, let me grab my phone here and see if I can. The album is called "A Few Good Hearts." And it's Tyler Edwards. Um, You might want to check that out. It is, how do I want to say this? It's not my style. Mm -hmm. He he gets a little bit too country for me. Um, And I'm not saying that's a bad thing overall, because his voice fits very well with the style that he chose to go with for this album. Sonically, it's really tight. It's a really good album, and I think lyrically it's really strong. It just is not in my wheelhouse as far as what I would typically listen to. But I would encourage you to see if you can – I don't know if it's streaming yet or not, but be on the lookout. Um, A few good hearts from Tyler Edwards, lead singer of I Anthem, solo project. It's got uh, 11 tracks on it, so if you have an opportunity to check it out, do so. And then let me know what you think. See if that's something that's even in your wheelhouse. I'll do that. I I, I had remember seeing uh, Brett or no uh, Garrett talking about that one. Yeah, uh, it's been on my my radar. I didn't fund it, but uh, if it's anything like the uh, the I anthem, the Roses song, I mean, it was I was so impressed with that song and its production quality, given that it was like the just a single with no album or anything to go with it. Right. Yeah. So stylistically, it's not anything like that. <laughs> quality wise, I could hope, right? <laughs> Yes, you can. Absolutely. Well, and from what I've been told, I Anthem is not done. Like they're still I Anthem is still going to be making music, but Tyler wants to kind of go through a bit of an experimental phase um and just kind of see what his limits are as a singer-songwriter mm-hmm. and then hopefully that'll give him some inspiration to be able to to do some work with the I Anthem boys cuz I I really like I Anthem. I think they're fantastic. Yeah. So, I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah. So one more question before we wrap this up. Yep. Uh, are there any albums that you think um, from that are from the past that maybe got overlooked or were underrated that you would recommend going back and checking out? Ooh, And wow. you can go back as far as you want. You can go back, you know, two weeks ago, or you can go back 20-something years. <laughs> so I'll tell you one of my favorite classic albums. Um 
And after all the grief I just gave Tyler Edwards for his style, if you were to listen to this, you might think, well, how is this different? Um, but in my mind, it is. So bear with me. Uh, Guardians swing, swang, swung is probably one of my all time favorite albums of theirs. Um, and I don't know that it got a lot of critical acclaim because Guardian was kind of a hair metal band back mm-hmm. in the day. And, you know, this album really did not fit anywhere in that genre at all. It's really mellow and it's it's almost like just a pure acoustic album. Um but I can I can grab that album and I can throw it on at any time and not feel annoyed listening to it. If it were to come up in a in a in a shuffle, I, I would not forward any of those songs. I would just listen to it and and reminisce. Cool. So so if uh, our listeners want to keep up with Broken FM and the Rock and a Hard Place podcast and all your musical endeavors, where where can they keep up with that online? Uh, best bet's going to be Facebook. That seems to be, you know, websites are fantastic. And Broken FM has a website and Rock and a Hard Place has a website. Um, Broken FM's website is broken.fm. Uh, Rock and a Hard Place podcast is rock on a hard place podcast.com. The thing about the rock and a hard place podcast is it's actually rock and then the letter N and the letter <laughs> a and then hard place. So, um, as, yeah, so it's, it's kind of confusing for a lot of people because they're like rock and a hard place. No, no, uh-huh. no, just end kind of like captain crunch. You know, there's no captain, right. it's captain. So we, you know, yeah, Paul decided to do that. So, <laughs> The things you think about after you you make those decisions. Exactly. It's like, how in the world is this website going to work? But honestly, we are way more active on both of our Facebooks. So uh, if you just facebook.com slash broken FM and search out rock and a hard place podcast on Facebook. When we do our shows, we stream them live to Facebook in the evenings. We usually start on Wednesday nights around 6 p.m. Uh, because of Paul having early time uh, the next day, we try to keep it right around an hour long. If Paul is unable to do a show, I try sometimes to grab in a guest, which, Noah, one of these days, I'm going to have to reach out to you and see what your time's like on Wednesdays to yeah. see if you can uh, join me on that. I'd totally do that. So that's uh, that's it. Facebook is definitely the better place. And of course, the podcasts are listed in iTunes and Stitcher and all of that. If you if you search for your podcatcher of uh, of choice, odds are the Rock and a Hard Place podcast is listed there. And any of the broken record interviews that we've done, that's also listed on iTunes and uh, and stuff. So you can go back and listen to some of the interviews that we've done. I've tried a lot of different podcasting apps and I've never had any trouble finding it with maybe the possible exception of Spotify. Uh, that one's kind of still iffy at this point. <laughs> I didn't know if Spotify was doing podcasts or not. And I, I don't know how one would go about getting listed in that. I so. don't know either. It's still, I mean, they said they were doing podcasting and then they kind of went ahead and put some on there, but it was like only a select few. So I don't know if there's like a real tough vetting process or what the deal is with that, but yeah. I, I'm still not using it for podcasts and I'm hoping nobody else is either. Cause I, I know mine's not on there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Sorry, Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for coming on here on the podcast, Chris. And, um, uh, let's see. Thank you listeners for, uh, listening to this episode. It was 
probably a little longer than our past episodes. Sorry about that. <laughs> and uh, if you want to keep up with the uh, I Know a Guy podcast, you can find us on Facebook too. It's uh, one word, I Know a Guy. Um, and you can also subscribe in iTunes and Google Play, but not Spotify. And you can keep up with what I'm writing about on Indie Vision Music. And I'm also on the Christian Music subreddit. So thanks again for listening. And that's all this week.